Radio City, we're back. John Grayson, Rob Ross. It has been forever, my brother. It's so good to see your face again. Same here, bro. And, you know, it's been since March. And that's been a long time because that's when I first stopped working, which I'm still not working yet. But <laughs> hope springs eternal. We'll that's fix the thing. that. I'm here to sp- right. I'm here to spread a message of positivity and hope, which is why I want to stay away from politics and social issues, because otherwise my blood pressure may go back up. And I, the doctor has told me now on two occasions that my blood pressure is actually normal. Which is, you cannot imagine what a relief that was for me to hear because I went to him not feeling great. Um, I was just concerned that maybe I might be on the verge of something really bad or disastrous from all the stress and from everything that had gone on the last few months. And, you know, my, my eating habits were really bad. Just everything was pointing in a negative direction. I went to him and the first words out of his mouth after he took my blood pressure was, nope, your blood pressure is good. It is normal. So it is not hypertension. So we don't have to put you on any kind of medication. Uh, On the flip side of that, I do have high cholesterol. So I'm on medication for that. I'm on a diet, you know, we're monitoring it and we'll see what happens. I go back to him after another blood test uh, at the end of June. And then the week after that, I go back to the urologist for the usual uh, three month check-ins. So that's the latest status. I think tomorrow morning, I'm actually going to get myself to the gym Attaboy. and start doing that because that's a big plus for cholesterol burning and, you know, all around good health. One of the get back into that mindset, you know, and and discipline. I I think the last time I was in a gym, I was probably 15. So, you know, look at it this way. Whatever it is, you're going to be better off than I am as far as all that's concerned. Well, good. I'm glad things are headed in the right direction for you. Now we just, uh, yeah, we'll get you get you back working and life will be good. Um, Got a lot to talk over. Well, I'll say one thing, though. If you can get me back to find the drive and desire to play guitar again and and write songs, you know, know, please let me know what I need to do because I have. (laughs) I haven't been there. I'm still just staring at all these beautiful guitars, you know, and and I haven't picked up one of them. Yeah. I just don't have it. But as as I was discussing with, of all people, you know, our benevolent guru, Jeff, Mr., you know, the head cheese of Poptos in an email exchange the other day, you know, I don't have the desire to write either because you get inundated by music and it's music. It's a two front thing. It's music you've either heard before because it's bands you've written about before. And you can't keep writing about the same people over and over and over again because, frankly, you wind up doing them a disservice. And I think we touched on this on our last show. Yeah. But it also becomes almost false and forced and hypocritical because if you've heard this band through their, the last five, six, seven years of releases, you're not going to find anything new and just trying to put in different hyperbole really doesn't do it any justice. On the flip side, you hear what I always call the 15th generation Xeroxes of stuff you've heard decades before, but done better by the originals. By the original and bands, yeah. I can't do that again either. And as I said to Jeff, I don't even know if I have the wherewithal to ever write another piece about Big Star or R.E.M. or any band that I've loved because I've said it all, you know. All you're doing then is treading over, you know, the same water. What's easier is to actually do the the podcast because we're talking and thinking. It's not having to sit down and contrive and write out, you know, map out a storyline. Yeah, well, and I'm glad you said that because I was thinking as we were setting up to do the show tonight about music and about how long it's been since something has really turned my head since I heard something, you know, out at a restaurant or whatever, and just happened to catch something on the loudspeakers that made me go, whoa. 
I, I, I need to hear that. I need to hear more of that. I need to find out who that is. It feels like it's been years. And I, I'm just, I'm looking for that next thing because I can't do pop anymore. I mean, pop has gone by me. <laughs> you know, I don't get it. Um, yeah, I, I have all the respect in the world for Taylor Swift. She's out there selling a gazillion concert tickets. Good for her. And, and her audience love it and good for them. It's not my thing. I mean, the pop queen thing was never my thing to begin with. It wasn't my thing when it was Madonna. It wasn't my thing when it was, you know, Lady Gaga. It's not my thing now. And there's nobody that is innovating in a vein that makes me pay attention to it. And and it's been so long since that happened that I just, I, I miss it. I miss finding something and going, wow, this is, this is knocking me over. You know, you bring up a really good point because for a start, I was, I've never, you're talking about like the top 40 kind of pop. Yeah. And, you know, for me, the last time I heard something that I actually quote unquote liked, I can tell you right now was since you've been gone by Kelly Clarkson. And that was what, 2004, <laughs> 2005, right, 20 years because ago, it's a catchy song. She had some catchy songs, which is what, you know, a good catchy pop song will always do for you. Having said that, basically everything I've heard since that time has gone in one ear out the other and is completely forgettable. I have no idea who has reigned supreme on the charts and couldn't have cared less. I didn't care one way or the other. And this is not in a disparaging way. Just, I didn't care when Lady Gaga came along and was all the rage. I don't care for K-pop. I find that stuff repulsive. Um, those guys, one direction and that, Guy Harry Styles, never heard it, don't know it, don't care. For me, boy bands never existed. But, you know, Robbie Williams, on the other hand, was in a massively successful British boy band. Take that. He never really got off the ground here, but he put out three of the most fantastic records during the 90s, which, as I often said, his first solo album, Life from Life Through a Lens, that was what Oasis's uh, be here now should have been because he made one of the best Brit pop records of the nineties. Right. Bar none. Now on the flip side of what you just said about looking for that thing or waiting to hear that thing. And how long has it been since you just turned around? We may have talked about this years ago on either overnight America or one of the earlier episodes of, of radio city. But again, I can pinpoint the last time a quote unquote, new band really spun my head. And I'm not talking about, keep this in mind. I'm not talking about things that I've reviewed per se, because I get so much in different veins for review purposes, but there are things that I've absolutely loved. And I'll get back to that momentarily, but the last band that spun me, well, for me, it's always bands. It's not, it's not solo artists, uh, spun me around and made me go. I need to hear more of that was without a doubt. The Kaiser chiefs. Yes. When they put out their first album or their first big single that came out over here, uh, I predict a riot. And when my wife Liz and I heard it, you obviously know Liz, but you know, for the audience who hasn't heard this show before, <laughs> it might be, you know, turning You're in for married? the first time. Are you we're, Wow. We're, yeah, believe it or not, would you believe 25 years? And you know what? She's a you-know-what. <gasps> so, you know, that makes it even better. Anyway, uh, we both heard the song at the same time. I don't remember what we were watching, but it was some video show. I Predict a Riot came on. It was also a really 
riveting video because it was full of young people having a good old fashioned pillow fight at what looked like a little like club performance show. It was it was it was charming. It was cute. And it made me say to her three things. And she knew exactly what I was going to say when I said I said blur XTC in the jam. Yep. And a couple of weeks later, I read one of the very first interviews I'd ever seen with them. And sure enough, what's on their short list of, of uh, influences? Blur, XTC, and the, and the jam. jam. And it was a dead giveaway. Yeah. And for me, the dead and, – and again, I pointed it out directly to Liz. I said, listen to the organ on this, the way he's playing it. I said, that's directly com- coming out of the Eaton Rifles, which if you don't know, folks, that was the jam's first top three hit in England in 1979. I'll let you go on that one because you probably never heard of the jam. Um, and so I, you know, I had to hear the rest of this, this new band and I went out and I got the album employment, ironically called employment, which is one of the master, the last masterpieces of the last 25 years or so, because yeah. it's just, it's basically all the greatest hits in one album because right before, um, right before I predict a riot is their, I think their masterpiece every day. I love you less and less, which if you've never seen the video is hysterical, but the lyrics are a masterstroke, just brilliant. Uh, modern way is a great song. Um, Caroline. Yes. Is a great song. Just that whole album is, it is the continuation or maybe it's the last vestige of what I loved in the nineties, because with the birth of Britpop, it brought back that last, the, the last thing that I had loved as a teenager in the seventies. And that was the jam, the buzzcocks, the undertones, parts of the mod revival, some of the power pop English bands, you know, all of that. It was the last to me. Britpop was the last word yeah. the, the mid to late nineties, you know, and, and it's not just blur and, to me, very distantly behind Oasis, but other bands like, you know, the, the forgotten bands like Cast and Supergrass and Shed 7 and the Blue Tones, you know, and and Robbie Williams, who I thought really, I really thought he was going to make it big over here. And unfortunately, he didn't. But, hey, he's managed to carve out a career, a very long, successful career. God love him. Who knew that he did a, a residency in Las Vegas? <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, it, yeah. And for me, I mean... In terms of bands, the one that really got me, and I wish I had stuck with them longer than I did because I've gone back now and listened to a bunch of their stuff that they've done since that first album that got famous. It was not their first album, but when Arctic Monkeys released everything, people say that I am, that's what I'm not. I was immediately is, taken by it. Is that the album that's got, uh, I'll bet you look good, I'll bet you, you look good, good on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor. Yes. yes. I uh, remember when I saw them do that and the way they introduced themselves and they, they were so, but again, it was that period. And that, mind you, they came along right before the Kaiser chiefs. Yep. I kind of blew off most of that rage of 2002, 2003 with all these new guitar bands, because I didn't think anything of the strokes uh, I didn't think anything of that band hours. I didn't think anything. Of, I kind of dipped my toe in the water with Interpol because they had that kind yeah. of wire slash joy division feel. But then they immediately went precious and wearing black, you know, black shirts with red ties, kind of like, Oh God, they're trying to look Nuevo Wevo, which made me kind of queasy right. having been lived through the actual thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's, it, yeah. Don't give me, like you said, a carbon copy. 
right. I mean, that Franz Ferdinand had moments. Um, but the thing is, and funnily enough, I saw one band that ne- that got blasted in the for whatever pieces were written about them uh, in the press. I thought they were really good. They were just really young and very energetic. A band called the Star Spangles, but people really didn't like them and went out of, went out of their way to gouge them versus these other bands. I yeah. thought the Yeah Yeah Yeahs were overhyped. Um, the only band from that entire thing that made me chuckle on more than one occasion was the hives because of their whole, their whole tongue in cheek of, you know, you are crime, the hives of the judge and jury, you know, well, you're talking about uh, the fun. I mean, we, we talked about, we did right. a, we did a, 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 an in our heads about that, about when, when music was fun, when it just made you laugh, made you smile, gave you something to, to get up about rather than just down all the time. And, and that's what, when I listen to that Arctic Monkeys album, I mean, to me, even though musically they're very different, it had shades of the first Refreshments album because it was so, I don't give a shit what you think, (laughs) you know, that was, that was the whole point behind all of it was like, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, you can feel free to leave. Um, and I like that it was, it was a very attitude forward kind of album or actually kind of an attitude free album because they seemed they were genuinely young yes and and they you know this was a first for them but the let's see the problem i had with that whole new york thing you know that's why like i could take franz ferdinand over all of the new york based stuff because the new york thing was immediately a packaged marketed uh you know, preordained scene. Yes. The minute you put the word scene on something, it goes straight to hell. (laughs) You know, the beauty of the whole Athens scene was nobody knew what they were doing and they were all different. Go back and listen to all the Athens, Georgia bands. None of them sounded alike. None of them sounded like none of them looked like each other. You know, the B 52s were as different to Pylon as Pylon was to the method actors who were as different to, um, uh, love tractor who was different to, I forgot the band with the three letters, you know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. You know? it, it, do you consider the same thing again, back to the Phoenix, the Tempe, Arizona sound of the mid nineties, right before grunge hit, because the gin blossoms are great. They do not sound like the refreshments. The refreshments are great. They do not sound like dead hot workshop. You know, it was three or very... the sidewinders slash sand rubies. Exactly. Right. So you've got all of that going on where, um, yeah, I mean, the, the difference is that that attitude that, you know, I could, I could sing a song way out of tune and not give a shit about it. That is, it's not contrived. It's not like, ooh, how do we write so that we can be a part of this thing? No, no, no. It's like, well, what do we want to write? See, now you brought it into another realm right away because that's what we got with all that, that all the shit, pardon my language, that came <laughs> yeah. along in the wake of Green Day. Green Day were right. like a fifth-rate Xerox copy of Stiff Little Fingers. That's the band that I will always, you know have my jaundiced eye on Green Day for having ripped off completely because everything that SLF did, Green Day copied and made mountains of money for. Right. Um, but the thing is, Green Day were Green Day, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Then you had crap like Sum 41 and all these other half-witted <laughs> bands. Yeah. Uh, who, what's what's the name of that, that terrible band with the, the three guys who, you know, 
always played like in their underwear. Um, oh, I don't know. God, they were huge, absolutely huge in the mid 90s after Green Day had had their, quote, first flush of success. Um, and then everybody decided, oh, we need to be a three piece because we right, need to copy those guys. Right. But I mean, all these terrible bands, um, they they had that really big album with Janine Linden Mueller, the porn star on the cover that it had the. Uh, <laughs> I wish the I knew for putting the glove, you know, the the glove. It was just a terrible, terrible band. But in any event, you know, it's it's all those garbagey bands, Fallout Boy, and all these nitwitted, haircut, contrived look. Again, part of a scene. You know, look at look at Minneapolis. Did Husker Du sound like the replacements? Did no. they sound like the suburbs? Did they sound like Curtis A? You know, did they sound like Sir Crackers? Did they sound like, you know, the Suicide Commandos? Did they sound like Prince? No. You know, you get to Seattle or Chicago even. You know, you had the only thing about Chicago that was kind of similar was that they, they were all abrasive sounding. They were very much industrial without becoming the contrived idea of what industrial was. I'm not talking about ministry. I'm talking about Big Black, Strike Under, The Effigies, you know, those bands, Naked Raygun, who were just incre- basically Naked Raygun were America's answer to the buzzcocks through and through. Right. But then you get to Seattle and you've already got a scene that everything does, in fact, sound alike. Yes. Everybody looks alike. There's where the problem lies. And I'm not saying that as an anti grunge person. It's just that you follow the, you know, connect the dots. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, which brings me right back to where I was going with the whole Arctic Monkeys thing, which is when I started looking back at the albums that I had missed in between. And I mean, they've got this massive catalog now is that none of those albums sound like the other ones. So they're, they're constantly pushing out in different directions. They're, they're looking for new things to do. They had one album that to my ear is an homage to David Bowie. I mean, it sounds, and even the vocal delivery changes and it sounds very Bowie-esque. And then there's AM, which is another work entirely. I mean, the fact that somebody's out there doing that, I I wish it got more notice than it does. I wish we kept seeing them on Saturday Night Live. I wish we kept seeing them on the late night shows. But I mean, for for all intents and purposes, late night shows rarely do music anymore at all. And if they do, it's got to be something that is... Uh, you know, that's it, it, so boring and mass appeal that there's no point in even paying attention to well, it. Well, sterility is the way right now. Yeah, Everything exactly. has to be safe. You know, it has to be safe. It has to be cute. It has to be approved. It cannot be, it can't be in the slight where you might be mildly offensive because you know how society is <laughs> at this very moment in society. This is the one thing I will say. Everybody's looking for an argument. Everybody's looking to be angry and pissed off at somebody just so they can easily misconstrue you. They've got their phones ready on the camera so they can tape you to go after you to try and destroy your life. I mean, we are at critical mass insanity. Yeah. And more than ever before, people are out of their minds. It's so snitty. It's, it's, in its own bizarre way, I am glad that I've been sequestered at home, not working, because at least in this manner, 
I'm away from having to listen to and deal with day-to-day bullshit from people who really don't take the time to think before they speak. Okay. And that is, you know, that is one of society's great ills. But I'm going to turn the floor over to you because we just talked about blood pressure, and I don't want to feel <laughs> mine rise. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to do it anyway. Uh, okay, so so that here's... I have to ask you how much of this, because I never know when I live in a city where something happens, um, even something that did get, you know, some national press, I'm never sure how much people outside of here really got into the nitty gritty of it. Are you familiar with the, the broadcaster for the Oakland A's who just got fired? Yes. Okay. I heard what happened. Do you know the I story? I heard right. what he said. He, he sounded drunk. Now, I'm not going to give him a pass, but he did the entire time that he was talking leading up to what he said, he sounded like he'd had a couple of uh, he'd had a few Chardonnays. He might. He might. Uh, but but it, for anybody who may not be aware of what we're talking that about, Qu- Dwayne Kuyper. Uh, yeah. Uh, Glenn Kuyper. And he okay. was uh, the, the lead broadcaster for the Oakland A's. Right up until about a week ago. Um, so it would be the Los, the Las Vegas A's, but we'll get into right. that later. Um, so yeah, everybody's moving from Oakland to Las Vegas these days. So he, before, before the game even started, they were playing here in Kansas city and before the game even started, they had just come on the air and he and his partner, whose names, I'm sorry, I don't know, do with a big beard. Uh, they're, you know, he, they're talking about what a great time they've had in Kansas city. And they, they went out and they went to the zoo and they went to, and what he wanted to say, or should have said was we went to the Negro leagues museum, which in fact is here in Kansas city, because this is where it all started. The Negro leagues were born here. So, uh, you know, with the Kansas city monarchs, I believe were the first team, um, And, and so what he did was he flubbed it and said the other N word instead of Negro leagues museum. He said the bad one and that kicked off a firestorm. He apologized later in the broadcast, uh, and said that, you know, uh, said something I shouldn't have said earlier. And then all of a sudden there's the big blow up. Now, in the meantime, there's something you should know about the Negro Leagues Museum. The Negro Leagues Museum is run by a guy named Bob Kendrick. And Bob is a good friend. Uh, I will put that out there right now. He is a wonderful human being. He is so energetic and so optimistic and so happy to see you, whoever you are. I mean, he's he's one of those people you cannot help but feel good around. And Bob Kendrick, either during or just after the game tweeted out and I don't want to, I'm going to paraphrase here, but it was something to the effect of, I heard what it was. That word has no place in our society. However, it is in my heart to forgive. And that's what I'm going to do. Do you want to know that there were people who were coming after Bob Kendrick? Of course. Yes. Yes. And you know what? That's part of the problem. That's in fact, that's standard issue. You're not allowed to just, Hey, guess what? They apologized. Let it drop. No, people want to make are going out of their way to make mountains out of molehills to have protests to to i mean but people are insane and we are in a country that is being forcefully divided further by the racial elements behind it because of the mass media 
loving every minute of the ratings that they're getting. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like, how how do you, with a straight face, look at another human being and say to him, how dare you not be as outraged as I want you to be? What What is that? <laughs> well, I, 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 I find myself more and more finding that, you know, the biggest bunch of, uh, of the, the, the do-gooders that are mad on behalf of everybody, it's always, you know, and I'm going to say it and you can interpret it however you feel the liberal whites who have this kind of weird, to me, it's not guilt. If anything, I think it's them trying to fob off their racism, their own racism on a superficial level. See, if you go out of your way to say, it's like the old joke, you know, it's like, well, I have Jewish friends. Well, then he's not really your friend because (laughs) you wouldn't say he's your Jewish friend. He's just your Your friend. friend, You schmuck. That's it. But um, that's that's how I see it. It's like all of the, you know, the it's just these liberal whites who always have. There's, the, they don't know when to stop the sentence either. It's like they just yeah. have to go on and on and on and browbeat you and tell you how wrong you are and you're a racist and you're this and you're that. It's like, you know what? Shut the fuck up. Yeah, you I, know, it's kind of the point with me where I'm just like, yep, you're right. You caught me. Whatever. Sure. Right. I mean, it's like you know what? I don't have time for this shit. You know, I don't. I don't feel a need. To have to say, well, you know what, it, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant because I've been married for so long. But you know, once upon a time, I dated a woman who happened to be black. You know why? Because it wasn't an issue. Right. You know, <laughs> that's all there is to it. Why do I have to broadcast? Oh, uh-huh. by the way, she. You know, I I once dated a black girl. So fucking what? So what? Yeah, right. I, I, you know. Uh, so you're a human being, and you dated another human being. That's fantastic. Um, but but that's the, and I think you're right about that. So and and the funny thing is. They are the exact same ones who will look across the aisle and, and, you know, highlight somebody who is throwing a tantrum over something stupid like drag queens and books and all that and say, oh, how could they be so stupid? Well, you are. <laughs> so that's clearly- number one. And number two, it's like you can bet your bottom dollar that these are the same people that all live by the uh, not in my backyard syndrome. Oh, of course. Rules for thee, but not for me. Yeah, what was know? what was the line from Phil Oaks's Love Me, I'm a Liberal? What was uh I love Puerto Ricans and Negroes just as long as they don't move next door. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's I mean this is this is exactly how all of them are. And and you know, it's so it is so unbearably transparent. And that's why we're in the state that we're in right now. Yeah. Because Idiocy is ruling the roost. And, you know, I just I can't have it and I don't accept it and I won't accept it. So I'm going to spin this if if that's OK. Oh, please. Yeah. Uh, let's briefly touch on sports because we are. OK, it's going to probably be Vegas and, and the Florida Panthers for the Stanley Cup. We'll know to tonight. I, I would like to see Vegas win it because I really think they should have won it in their maiden season. But hey. Uh, number two, I had no idea that the Seattle Kraken had made it into the playoffs in their second season. Oh, man. Who knew? Not only did they, but they went to game seven, one of the only decent series that, that went a long time the, the, w- and and uh, played their hearts out. Man, they were fun to watch. I'll tell you what what I've enjoyed about the this this round of playoffs. They've all gone to overtime. Yes. You know, Even I mean, though- those have been some really long, drawn out games. I mean, triple overtime, Florida and, and Carolina. We had a four overtime game. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's it just it, hard it, it, stuff, but great. And it was the Rangers, almost- on the other hand. Right. That's, I mean, they really embarrassed themselves horrifically. They came out of the gate. And I think that 
it was, you know, the last show that we did was before the season ended, but they came out of the gate and destroyed the New Jersey Devils in New Jersey, outscoring them 10 to 2. Okay. In two games. Yeah. Then they lose a game and they're still outscoring them like 15 to 5. They lost the series in what, seven games? And that they, by the way, they managed to outscore them to, to, to stay alive in game six, again, five to two. And they managed to blow it in game seven, which is just unacceptable. And they fired Gerard Gallant for no reason. There was no reason for him to be fired. What you need to do is shake that team up. And Chris yeah. Drury somehow along the lines, maybe the award that he won for best GM the year before for the most improved team, I think it went to his head because he got it wrong this time. Why would you fire the best trainer in all of NHL hockey? Why would Jim Ramsey, after 30-something years, be let go? You know? Yeah. But I, in any event, well, we should see it. Toronto's yeah. out and all is right with the world. So, yes. That's, you know. Listen, I Toronto went bounce, 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 bounce away, and that's all I cared about. And yep. that made me so happy, and it made me laugh. And you know, and and of course, Los Angeles got. If you can get rid of Toronto easily, great. I'm I'm there with you. Um, but the fact that and Boston, Boston went. Nobody saw that coming. So yeah. you know, how can I feel anything but you know, well, good for the Florida Panthers for the way they've played. I mean, they were just they've been outstanding. They really have. What's your handicap on where the Phoenix Coyotes are going to be playing next season? This is my theory, actually, because they've tossed around names of cities and so on. Well, we're next year they're going to be in Arizona. But here's here's how I see it and how it should go. What were they originally? They were the Winnipeg Jets. That's right. They were the Jets. The Winnipeg Jets go to Phoenix, become the, the, the Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes. Atlanta lost the Flames to Calgary. Atlanta gets a new team, the Thrashers. The Thrashers move to Winnipeg. Winnipeg. To become the Jets. Become the second, right. <laughs> so therefore, the original iteration of the Winnipeg Jets, who are now the Phoenix Coyotes, should be moved to Atlanta. And become that's the, where they should I, go. And they ought to become the Flames, is the what flames. they ought to do. Yeah, I that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Get the name back. Call the Calgary team the Cowboys or the Stampeders or something, but give the Atlanta Flames their name back. Yeah. That's how it should go. Oh, that's that... what I would do if I was <laughs> the NHL commissioner. But Batman is still in there and Batman sucks. Yeah. Baseball. I'm sorry. The new pitch clock thing, the new rules, it's horrible. But a few things I'll point out. The Mets have been very iffy. That's a given. Early on season injury bugs. Okay, it happens. Uh, they're not hitting in a timely manner. Scherzer and Verlander have been shaky. Who knows what's going to happen with them? Now, DeGrom already on the disabled list. End of fucking story. Noah Syndergaard, other ex-Med, one in four. You know the Dodgers are going to DFA him sooner than later. Matt Harvey retires at the age of 33. Uh -huh. You know? Um, otherwise, do I really care about baseball beyond the Mets? Oh, God, no. You yeah. know, it's it's irrelevant to me. So but as, as far as the Yotes, though, I mean, the, there's there's noise about them coming here, uh, but I think that's all it is is just noise. The, it seems what, to so be, they would be like the replacement of the the, the, the Kansas City Scouts. Yeah, the, right. Who of course became became the Colorado Rockies. Yep, 
<laughs> and then became the New Jersey Devils. And I had somebody argue with me this week on our text line. Good Lord, I hate the text line. About um, they, they were like, the Colorado Rockies are a baseball team. The Avalanche. No, you fucking are... retard. They were a hockey team first, you stupid bastards. Exactly. No, Shut your mouth and know your role. Exactly. If you're going to argue with me, at least have the facts. So, yeah, it's like, I remember no, so. I remember how bad the Colorado Rockies were. I remember watching those were games. They, I think the Colorado Rockies, were, the only time they were decent was when, what's his name, Brittles Beck, Brittle Bones Beck was playing, <laughs> but he wasn't in the lineup long enough. Right, you know? right. And well, then I think they actually traded him to the Rangers, and that was the end of that. The highest scoring game I ever saw in my life, and the most lopsided game I ever saw in my life, I was, my parents parents were having a party. I was probably eight and uh, my parents were having a party downstairs. And I was, that was the only time that I got to watch TV in their room is when they were having a party. Cause I was upstairs away from all the adults who were now, probably is this in Florida or in Buffalo. No, this is in Buffalo. So they were probably all downstairs getting high. And uh, so I, <laughs> I was up in my parents' bedroom. It was the seventies, you know, it was a lot. They were either high or naked or maybe both. So uh, it's, one of those parties. Yeah, right. So I'm up there watching the Sabres, and this is the this is the the French Connection Sabres playing the Colorado Rockies, and they beat them 13 to three. I was like, wait a minute. First of all, that's a football score. So the Bills beat the uh, beat the Denver Broncos 13 to three tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was just crazy, and it was like every time I turn around, there's another goal. Okay, sure, I see where this one's going. I mean, I, rem I it's funny because for some inexplicable reason, I have no memory of the Cleveland Barons, you know, they're one oh, wow. season yeah. after, after that. Remember, because because now we're going to talk about teams moving from cities. They started as the, quote, Oakland Seals, San Francisco Seals, California, California Golden California Seals, Golden Seals, then back to just the California Seals and then moved to Cleveland, became the Cleveland Barons for one season. And if I'm not mistaken, they are the only professional sports league team to ever actually go out of business in the modern wow. era. Um, yeah, you may because be right. They were basically dissolved and most, most of the team was incorporated into the Minnesota North stars. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah. here you go. Here's your little ping ponging thing for hockey. So as we established, that was the California Golden Seals. Then you had the Minnesota North Stars, who just simply became the Dallas Stars. Yep. They really should have called, called them the Dallas Lone Stars. It would have made all the more sense in the world. Mm -hmm. You had the Kansas City Scouts, 1972 to 1976 or 78. Probably 76. I think by 76 they were gone. And then it was uh, a very short stint. And then to Colorado for the Colorado Rockies. And then in 82, New Jersey Devils. Right. Uh, okay. And then, of course, the Atlanta Flames became the Calgary. To Calgary. Flames. The Hartford Whalers. Hartford Whalers, after their years in the WHA, the New England Whalers, the Hartford Whalers came came into the, the, the NHL in 79 with four, I think, three other teams. Yep. And they became the, Cal the, the Carolina Hurricanes. The Winnipeg Jets, who were another WHA team. Became the original Winnipeg Jets, that is, became the Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes. Les Nordiques, Les Nordiques the de Quebec. The Quebec Nordiques became the Colorado Avalanche. And won a bunch of cups. The Alberta Oilers just became sim simply the Edmonton Oilers. Yep. Um, the Atlanta Thrashers, who were an expansion team, only made it through, what, a, a decade? 12 years, maybe? A dozen years? If yeah, that somewhere, somewhere in there, yeah. Well, they had great at the outset. Everything was 
great. They had a great arena. They had great management because they were part of the Time Warner consortium that owned the Braves, the Hawks, and so on. Then Time Warner got into financial trouble once they merged with AOL. They sold off the sports franchises. That destroyed them, and they wound up being moved to Winnipeg for the second iteration of the Jets. Have I left any hockey teams out? No, I think that's it. I, I think that's, I mean, outside of just expansion teams coming into the league in, in right. different Columbus, years. Columbus, but... Blue Jackets, uh, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning, Ottawa Senators, Florida Panthers, um, Anaheim Mighty Ducks, San Jose <laughs> Sharks, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, San Jose replaced the Seals because they were, you know, Oakland based at the outset. Right. Um, Columbus replaces Cleveland. You but know, I, you have to have an Ohio franchise. And I think that if the Coyotes do indeed move, and I think that's probably coming, I think Bettman's got his eyes set on Houston, uh, another non-traditional Southern market. And I mean, there's more money there than you can, than you and I can even believe. So I have to believe they're talking about uh, Houston. The shortlist seems to be uh, Houston, Sacramento. Houston? Uh, yeah, Houston, Sacramento, Salt Lake City, and Kansas City. But that I don't makes absolutely no sense whatsoever for with Salt Dallas. Lake City or or for what do you call it for Sacramento? Since you've got the Sharks right there, yeah. you're not going to create a rivalry. You've, it's too close, right? It's you know it's a spit away. It's like the problems that they had with the New York Islanders getting a franchise because the New York Rangers dominated the market. Yep. Period. You know, and the problems that they had getting the Devils because the New York Rangers and this the four time Stanley Cup or at that time at that point two time Stanley Cup champion Islanders owned the New York market. You yeah. know, and there was some pushback from the Philadelphia Flyers because that's the, that's the other end of New Jersey. Yeah, I, I think that if you're going to go anywhere, um, I mean, Houston, I think is too close to Dallas. I, I mean, I know they, they don't tend to pirate each other all that much and they support two NFL teams. But I think you keep going a little bit. And I mean, how would it how great would it be to put an NHL team in New Orleans? I'd go to that. I'd go to New Orleans for that. The only thing New Orleans has is a basketball team. They don't even have a baseball, minor league yeah. baseball team anymore, unfortunately. And, and, the, and the Saints, of and course. The Saints. Yeah. Um, I say put them put the team back in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I'd be That's all right there with is that. To it. But make sure the management is solid. That's all there is to it. Get a solid management group to do their job. Now, having said all of that, so it seems that we're going to have another baseball franchise uh, shift gears. This will this will make the athletics organization the most moved organization in baseball history having begun as the philadelphia athletics having left for kansas city at the end of the 1954 season then up and moving to oakland california for the start of the 1968 season the previous record had been held by the boston milwaukee atlanta braves but you know obviously oakland becoming a city after uh, kansas city that that tied the mark so so the move is going to be within the next two to four years. It's going to have to be, or three years. Actually, they're going to, uh, they did say it would be after the 2024 season because the lease runs out at the Oakland Alameda County Stadium. And it is and for by sure the way, Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's where the Oakland the the Oakland Raiders moved to and became the Las Vegas Raiders, which will then now suddenly mean that. Uh, Las Vegas has three major sports franchises, you know, baseball, football, and hockey, and could conceivably have an NHL winning, uh, Stanley Cup winning hockey team at that. <laughs> I'd be um, fine with that. They're going to play at the uh, the fifty. What do they call them? The 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 Las Vegas Fifty Oneers because they were at one time they were the Mets, 
triple uh, A team. Um, they'll play at that stadium until the the A's own stadium is then built. Um, as it is, they're having problems with with the the San Francisco Giants, you know, franchise. Because let's face it, right now the the entire San Francisco, the Bay Area, is in dire straits. Oh yeah, and I can't there between Silicon Valley and what's physically happening in Oakland and San Francisco, San Francisco especially. Every day, another domino falls. Another franchise slash company moves out. All of the main Stores that have kept San Francisco propped up for decades are all gone or going. Who can afford to live there? I mean, honestly, God, who can afford to live in San Francisco? Nobody. You know, it's 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 horrible. And you you know you when you see the cameras and you just think, why is this allowed to happen? Why is this allowed to continue? And how does this happen? How does this continue? But it's like I was saying to somebody earlier, it's a race to the bottom. Who's going to get there first, San Francisco? Uh, um, Portland, Seattle, who yesterday announced their brilliant idea of because they want more diversity hires in the fire department, they're going to forego the actual need and physical necessity to know how to fight fires and have the training. (laughs) You're just supposed to guess. It's not a joke. That's the fucked up part. It Uh. isn't a joke. This is what they're coming towards. So Seattle, um, New York City. Or Chicago, you know, yeah. where, you know, in New York, you can beat an old lady for no reason on the sidewalk and be released an hour later. Or my favorite one is a guy who was released from jail who had committed rape and attempted murder was released a couple of days after he was caught again. For, he's Or actually, maybe he hasn't been caught, but he's wanted for another. They know it's him. Yeah. 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 So... Again, the race to the bottom continues, and it's frightening. And being in New York, it's it's an interesting thing. People love to make snide comments about Staten Island and Staten Islanders, but the beauty of it is here we're sequestered from all of that. You know, when people are rioting in the streets and breaking windows and smashing up stores and looting and burning things down, when things you know get get a little uptight here. They actually do something called protest. Yeah. They congregate. They assemble peaceably. They have their speakers. They have their signs. They march. They say their peace. And they all go home. And they go home. Yeah, right. That's what you do. Yeah. That's what you call demonstrations. Peaceful redress of grievances. Seems to me right. that's in the Constitution or some shit like that. <laughs> and it also yeah. follows along with the, fir- the you know, you know, freedom of speech, I think, is uh, number one on the hit parade. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, you know, everywhere else, it's no, you know, crush, kill, destroy. Burn right. it down. You yeah. Know? And, you know, I, I, my wife and I were having a conversation about that the other day as well. And it, it just baffles us that everything that, that nothing can be a discussion anymore. Everything has to be a fight. And mm. nothing can be a n- nothing can be an argument anymore. It has to be something where somebody you know throws a punch. I mean, whatever happened to flipping somebody off in traffic? Now you got to shoot at them. Well, here's the thing: you you've just brought up a point that I'm always, always, always bringing up. It's very simple a case of there is no such thing as civil discourse. Yeah, you can't you can't disagree with somebody on a sports franchise without having them go off the deep end. <laughs> right. Something that trivial, you know, 
guess what? An opinion is just that. It's an opinion. It's not credo. You know, it's not God's law. At some point. People have this innate hard on to just get going back to what we talked about before. Angry and fist pounding or actually physical. And everyone wants to fight instead of, hey, I don't agree with you. Here's why. Here's my take on it. And guess what may actually happen? You might, if you do it in that sense, have a conversation like, hey, John, guess what? I think the Bills suck. You know why? (laughs) Because Josh Allen is now dating Hallie Seinfeld. How dare he do that? Right. And you're going to come back at me and say, you know what? She's a babe. He deserves a babe. So fuck you. All you got is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers used to shtup uh, Olivia Olivia Wilde. Oh, Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So, you know. (laughs) By the way, we didn't touch upon that, but, you know, not uh, to get away from the topic at hand. But by the way, folks, the one thing we didn't talk about during our little sports bit, the Jets actually have a quarterback, a real quarterback. He may be old. He may be a little cantankerous, but he's our quarterback. And most importantly, he seems to be genuinely glad to be here. And he likes to trip. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> him and his ayahuasca tea. But, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting football season. I mean, we've, we've got way too much ground to cover between now and even training camps before right. we know what any of these teams really look like. But, yeah, it, it's going to be a fun year to be in the AFC East. And Tom Brady is nowhere in the NFL for the first Praise time. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, really, oh, uh, for the first time in anybody's memory. So, uh, but getting back to what we were talking about on the serious side of things, you know, we're going to have a disagreement and we're going to find a way to compromise our way around it. Why? Because yeah. we're adults, right? Not just because we're friends, but because we're adults. This is what people adults do, you know, and families don't even know how to do that. It's always about the brow beating. It's you say something and then I come right back at you and I say, no, you're wrong. And now I'm going to either attack you, you know, verbally and viciously. B, try and destroy you in the eyes of all of your friends and, and colleagues. Do you know what he just said to me? Yeah. Or right. I'm going to you know take a lead pipe and club you upside the head with it. Because it's one of three things because people suck is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And it's, and it's all because for some reason, and, and I, I think if we can pinpoint where this started, we might actually get somewhere, is that for some reason, the... the you know, everybody started to think, I mean, remember when we were kids and we were watching Sesame street and they were like, everyone is special. Well, that's, that's fine. Everybody's different. Everybody's unique. Everybody has something. And the point of that was everybody has something unique that they can bring to the table. Everybody has unique talents. Everybody has unique thoughts and feelings and things. And what a certain segment of the population that seems to be the, the vast majority of them now the way they took that was, I'm special. You can't argue with me. I'm special. Well, that that points towards the other thing, which is really running rampant and is is probably a greater pandemic than than COVID ever was going to be. And that is narcissism is yes. burning through people like there's no tomorrow. TikTok has the most fucked up disgusting human beings I've ever seen on display. (laughs) You know, I'm sorry, but this is the one time I'm going to actually call for, you know, mercy killings, put these people (laughs) down for the miserable dogs that they are. I mean, this is an infection on society. It really narcissism is not funny. It's not cute. It's not charming. It's a goddamn disgrace. Now, uh, young people are narcissistic by by road, because 
just to not get off on a big psychological tangent, when you are an adolescent, it is the most confusing and awkward physically, mentally, you name it, period of a person's life. There's just no way around it. You're either getting, you know, acne, you're going through puberty, you can't think in a coherent manner. What you think in your head doesn't come out translated accurately or even mildly understandable and it comes out as ridiculous gibberish when you actually verbalize it you're physically awkward you probably are sexually awkward it's just a horribly awkward time of life but during that period we all become so internalized some of us know how to translate and, and, and transcend that period into our adulthood. And the other ones were still, so still self-absorbed with the, who they were in high school. That's the narcissist. It kind of yeah. goes back to those old reruns of like Jerry Springer or Phil Donahue. It's like, well, you were mean to me in high school. So now I want to get my revenge on you. It's like, <laughs> you mean you didn't get a life beyond 18? No. Is that it? You, it that's you, exactly you, right. Spinning your wheels on that? But current narcissism has gone into a very dangerous, dangerous realm of a, a place where people should not go to. And if they go there, they should either be wind up being imprisoned or institutionalized or put down because they're, 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 they're a harm to society in general. There's, this is what we're, we're going towards people. Yeah. They, and there is one trait involved in that. And I'm glad you, you brought up the whole narcissism thing, because this is something that I've noticed that I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was there all along, but it, it was like all of a sudden it, it came clear because the more people you deal with, the more likely you are to find somebody like this, that a piece of that narcissism, and it almost seems counterintuitive, is the inability. And I'm telling you this to tell you that if you ever run into somebody, if you're having a conversation with somebody or you're on a date with somebody or you're thinking about taking a job, you know, working for somebody, if if what the vibe you get from them is that. They fail to see their own part, their own effect in any given set of circumstances. Run, run for the door, because that, that, that when when everything they describe is something that happens to them and nothing is something that happens because of them. That is somebody who is a blatant narcissist who, who that is exactly word for word that last person that i worked for because it was it was <laughs> yeah. you know it was you know how wonderful i am and how everybody else is incompetent that was you know i sh famous last words i should have known better i should have run yeah you know oh man and, and, and i mean my my wife her ex-husband from a million years ago was one of these guys uh and he at one point failed to pay for his you know car payment and all of this stuff and there were a whole bunch of things going on and eventually it led to him getting caught attaching a tag from a different vehicle onto his car because the one that was on his car was expired and all of this other stuff and he got caught and he ended up going to jail and spent the next week telling anybody who would listen how unfair the whole thing was and how could all of these things happen to him well schmuck pay your bills <laughs> you know it's like well okay ah. it's i'm sorry I'm, i know this is going to piss off a lot of people but it's like you what you just said you know okay schmuck pay your bills narcissism all of these college students that just think that their their loan should be forgiven hey guess what right everybody who i know who went to college and had to take out a loan paid the loan back not to mention 
they told you what it cost before you went. Right. So don't. And then you went there and you decided you were going to party anyway and piss away what money you spent for classes on going out and joining a fraternity or sorority. I don't want to hear the excuses. It's also the whole everybody gets a trophy generation. Yep. You know, you're special. So we're going to give you a, um, a trophy. Fuck that. No, you know what? You're a Nimrod. You suck at dodgeball. You suck at Little League. <laughs> you know what? You but you're a great guitar player. You don't need to what you don't you don't need a trophy for that. What you need is a woman. You get a good looking woman, that's the trophy. There that's you go. what you, you're, there's your aim in life. Well, and that's the because thing. Guess is, what? That was how it was for me. But, you know, I was allowed I was not a you know, I wasn't great in athletics. I was an okay baseball player. I was a shitty hockey player because, you know, I could hit hard, sure, and I could swing the puck and you know, swing the stick and, and actually shoot the puck, but my skating was garbage. Yeah. You know? Um, but I was a good guitar player. That didn't exactly get me women, but I was a good guitar player. <laughs> yeah. It's the point of, you know, it's like well, you can lure them in. But you that's know? the you thing. Don't seal the deal. You have to learn how to be okay with sucking at dodgeball. And the minute somebody gives you a trophy for it, you're like, oh, well, I guess I don't suck. But, well, yeah, but you do. Current, but John, current society is just that. It's just this, the padding of everything. When we were kids, when we went to the playground, were there fucking soft spots? No, you fell <laughs> off the monkey bars. You split your head. Okay, put the, put the, the what do you call it? The, uh, the peroxide on. You go back out to the playground. Exactly. You rode your bicycle. You fell off the bike. You got road, you know, road burn on your hands. You try not to cry in front of your friends. You just go, <laughs> get back on the bike and start riding. Imagine you know, this. We have raised a generation of pussies. Yeah. That's what it is. It is the pussification of human beings. You can't let a kid get hurt. You can't, you can't say, you know, something nasty. Parents don't discipline their kids. Guess what? I brought you into the world. I can take you out again too. You open your mouth to your mother, your sister, your cousin, your grandmother, anybody, and you're going to feel the power of my backhand. I will put you because you know wall. what, you little bastard. You know, I'm the elder, you're a kid. Don't you fucking speak to me that way. Go stand in the go stand in the corner yes. and don't come out until Christmas. Here's here's what here's what I want somebody to do is I want somebody to put down a slab of concrete big fuck off slab of concrete and right in the middle of that a post and on that post i want to put a big round steel platform with six big steel pipe railings on it and i want them to tell a bunch of kids spin that thing around and then go play on it <laughs> we did that i mean we were yeah. there and it's like yeah you, you try to do something like that now first of all the city's going to shut you down before you even get started they're going to say you want kids to play on concrete what's the matter with you and uh, yeah and then when you tell them yeah everything's going to be made out of steel and it's going to spin at 50 miles an hour and whack them in the head how's that sound i'm sorry everybody's just a <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what, uh, there are a couple of things because you also said, when did this start to happen? When, you know, when, and the, when, when did the lack of communication really start to become, you know, I'm right and the hell with everybody else? I want to pinpoint it because we were moving towards it, but I want to pinpoint it specifically once the whole 2015 electoral cycle began because that's when any kind of civility stopped. And warring sides were divided. It's kind of like the North versus the South. You had Trump supporters and Clinton supporters. And that was it. Lines, you, you, it, it, it tore families apart. 
and it stopped people from communicating because guess what? Who I vote for is my business. Who you vote for is your business. But no, everybody seemed to have to – going back to narcissism 101. Everybody had to broadcast how wonderful they were. I'm voting for Trump. I'm voting for Clinton. I don't give a shit who you vote for. I'm voting for who I vote for. That's it. Ask know? me how many signs I have ever put in my yard. Probably as many as I have. Yeah, exactly. None. Ever. I don't care. I, I, I don't. It's not that I don't want my neighbors to know. If they ask me who I voted for, I'll tell them. I don't care. But I it, I don't wear it as a badge of honor. I mean, it's, but that's it's the a thing. Vote. It's like every asshole on the planet when they, you know, they suddenly, oh, everybody on Facebook has to flash their little I voted sticker. You know, and then the shit started when, 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 you know, the, the terrorists went in and massacred all those people up at the Charlie Hebdo offices and every Nimrod put a French flag <laughs> in the just Charlie Hebdo right. shit, right? Like they and had ever seen the, an issue of that magazine ever. And they've all got the Ukrainian flag and shit like that too. You know, it's like every one of these stupid bastards did that. Oh, I got my shot. You know, I did when you want a fucking medal. Everybody wants to be part of some kind of club. Yep. And it doesn't make you special. Guess what? You're not special. I'm not special. You, well, I am, but that's different. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I am special because I'm fucking smarter than all of you fucking peasants. No, I'm kidding. Um, the bottom line is this. We are living in that time. As you just said, people have, you know, told their kids it's okay. No, it's not okay. You didn't do well. You know, it's like if my kid came home, honestly, with a participation trophy? No. I'd say you take that and you bring it back to the school and say, I don't deserve this because I didn't participate or I, you know, I didn't finish in the top three. That's how it always goes. You know, it's always the top three, you know, gold, bronze, silver, yeah. or whatever the hell, the, you know, and that's how it should always be. You know, and, you, and, you, you, if remember, if you're not number, if you ain't first, you're last, there, that's it. There's nothing wrong with recognizing accomplishment. And that, that seems to be the backlash now is that not only is it participation trophies, that that was kind of the beginning of it. Now recognizing accomplishment means you're denigrating everybody who didn't accomplish that. And it's like, no, no, well, no, I'm just saying that what, guy that, did that. That's also get the, but you know what? That's also the broader problem of what's really happening in society right now with, with, you know, the school systems and that basically you're telling black kids, you're never going to be good enough on your own merits. So we're going to kind of gift you this. So that way you can skate by rather than saying, Hey, we believe in you just as much as anybody else. Cause you know what? You're not special just because you're black kids. Doesn't mean you're not as smart as the Asian kids or as smart as the white kids. So you're all kids get in there and mix it up and learn because that's the whole goal. You go in and learn. But the fact is you want to talk about, you know, quote, liberal racism, that's the embodiment right there. Yeah. When you keep telling people they're not good enough and we know better for you. Holy shit. Well, you know, and, and, on, and on top of that, what it what that does is it it kind of um, I'm looking for the right word. It smooths out the peaks. So when you have somebody who is an outstanding person in any regard, it makes that worth less it 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 diminishes that accomplishment because well yeah but i mean look at look at all the people you made feel bad I'll give you an example of what you're talking about because you know that 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 message about how you're not good enough and you can't accomplish it so we're going to come along and do it for you do you know what major league baseball player had the highest iq of any major league baseball player I would have said Bob Gibson because, God damn, he was one of the smartest baseball players I ever read or saw or heard. You're not far off. Reggie Jackson. 
Reggie Jackson had an IQ on oh, in the, God, in why? The one, I hate Reggie Jackson. But Ugh. his but he was smart as a whip. His IQ was in the one sixties, and so you know, and where did he come from? You know what I mean? It's like he he was not a child of privilege, and yet. He was able to use this, you know, I'm pointing at my head. I know you're listening to this, but, uh, you know, he was able to use his brain. People use your imaginations. You know, it's obvious. Come <laughs> yeah. on. I wasn't pointing have, anywhere other than my spoon brain. Feed you? But yeah, I mean, but that's, that's the point is it's like, uh, you know, you, you can be that, you know, but, but you got to work at it and you got to work towards it. So yeah, I, I mean the, the same people who feel like they are the ones that everybody should be watching. Everybody wants to be an influencer. Good Lord. I want to stab the next person who tells me they want to be an influencer. I've got say about that. You know, when the minute you say that you're a social media influencer means that you're not good enough to do anything. You <laughs> suck at life. Yes. And so therefore you have nothing better to do because you're a fucking narcissist. But to take your phone, put yourself yammering some completely incessantly pointless bullshit and spewing it out there because there are going to be other fuck ups who are of a lower order than you who think you're smart because it'll make you feel good and it'll make them think that they're contributing something because they saw what you put up. It's like every one of these ass wipes that, that uses phrases like hive mind. Can you, you know what? You can go fuck yourself immediately. <laughs> I, I read shit like that and I'm sure you've noticed I am not on social media all that often anymore Yeah, because I can't read the shit that people put up there. They're just, they're a bunch of mealy mouth whining little pussies. As I've said before, but the stupid shit that people, it's all one cliche after the other. It's like there's a handbook of how to be an asshole on social media now. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So influencers, forget it. You say you're an influencer, you're automatically dead to me. You have no validity in life. Just please do us all a grand favor. Check out quickly. Well, you know what? I, I do believe, Rob Ross, that is the period at the end of the sentence for this <laughs> for this edition of the show, my man. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to cover before we get oh, out of here. Oh, fuck. There was a whole bunch of things that I wanted to cover. <laughs> because A, we haven't done a show since March. B, a lot of people we got to say goodbye to. You know, Tina Turner notwithstanding. Oh, yeah. But we also lost Andy Rourke of the Smiths last week, yep. which just completely knocked me backwards. And I was never a massive Smiths fan, but the fact that he's only a year older than me really, it, you know, it was one of those that hit home very hard, mm -hmm. you know. But we've also had a lot of others along the way, um, which I'm sure we'd have to kind of backtrack over the last two months since we've done a show. But also, instead of music, I want to get into movies because I have seen several movies. So let us prepare. I'm going to do something right now that I've never done on the show. I'm going to lay the ground for our next episode because we're going to talk about several movies that I've watched in the time that I've been at home. One, the most important is, and I'm going to want your take on it, is I've seen Clerks 3. I have and not yet. Okay. All I'm going to say is this. You need to see it. You do need to watch it I, because I need your response to it. Okay. Because I have a lot to say about it. Good. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of sets us up very nicely for the the, for, the, the forthcoming uh, next episode, which would be 214, 215? I think that's right, yeah. To, uh, Wait. <laughs> I'll have to check my own files now and find out We're exactly so good where at this we are. Nowadays, folks. <laughs> um, let's see where we I have been and what we have done. And the next one will be two fifteen. That sounds like it might be right. Uh, oh, all my files the one are gone. We... Hey, look at that. Wait, where's two? Where's the last show that we haven't put up yet? Oh yeah, I've got that. I just haven't done okay. it yet. 
Um, but yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll get to that all of that on the next episode, and I will between now and then watch Clerks three uh, after the brilliance that was, of course, the original and Clerks two. So uh, looking forward Which is to even it. Funnier than Clerks, I still maintain Clerks two is the much more memorable and quotable one. Oh, I I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and I think the addition of the uh, I mean, there were so many more. Uh, I mean, running characters in that, and it was more of a story. The first one was just, you know, can the can we make day. yeah, can we make a movie out of this? And the second one was okay. What story do we want to tell with all of this? So yeah, it was brilliant. I I am well, looking the introduction to of film. Elias as as the foil to. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, so, all right, cool. Pillow well, pants. We, <laughs> what kind of troll? Uh, all right, cool. Well, you know, now we've got some work to do for the next episode, and I will, uh, at this point, just wish you the best, my man, and uh, we, we'll talk again very, very soon. Yes, we will. And to all of you, thanks for being patient and waiting for us to do a new episode. Here we are, and we hope we have not just whetted your appetites, but given you something to feast upon. So, and you know, if you do get a little bit of a churning feeling of aggro, it's not that we were trying to get you upset. It's we just want you to think about stuff. So, as always, let us know what you're thinking. We appreciate it because that means you're listening. And that's the most important part of all of this. You're listening. So thank you all very much. Stay well, stay safe, and uh, have a great Memorial Day because we're doing this during Memorial Day weekend. <laughs>